Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this September. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Before we jump into this episode, I do want to say that I am trying to fill up my schedule for the next few months and I am looking for a couple more birth stories. So if you have ever wanted to tell your birth story, if you've ever thought about coming on the podcast and you've kind of been unsure about it or nervous about it, please, please, please reach out to me. You can email me at hello at whatthebumpclt.com. You can message me over on Instagram. My handle is just whatthebumpclt. And I did post about this on my Instagram stories the other day, but I'm just looking for a couple more women to come on the podcast and share their birth stories. It is super simple, super easy, and super fun. Honestly, I just love listening to birth stories. I love doing the recordings. I find that woman, once they like get into telling the story, they get super into it. And it's super cool to see them kind of just relive those moments. It is super casual. You register online and then it sends us both a Zoom link. We jump on a zoom call I only record audio so you don't need to worry about what you look like I can edit out anytime we mess up we can go back and re-say how we wanted to say things and it's super simple super super casual it's literally just me guiding you through telling your birth story so if you've ever wanted to do that and been nervous about it or wanted to do that and know more about telling your birth story on the podcast please please reach out to me and come on the podcast and share your birth story every birth is unique every birth is beautiful even if you think maybe you had a boring birth and that it's not worth sharing that is not true every birth is just amazing and it's your experience and it's unique to you and to your baby and your body so please if you are willing come tell your birth story on the podcast Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today, I have Taylor Folk coming on the podcast. Taylor is a night nurse and a postpartum doula, and she's here just to talk a little bit about what she does and kind of share what it looks like to have somebody as a night nurse or a postpartum doula. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Taylor. Thanks for having me. I know it uh, took a while to be here because <laughs> I tend to be very busy with my job, but I'm glad glad I got to get on. Yeah, well, a job and a mom of two, you definitely have excuses. So we'll, we'll forgive you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and about your family. Sure. Um, so my name's Taylor, as Jen said, um, I'm a newborn and postpartum night nurse. Uh, we moved down here from Pennsylvania two years ago and in Pennsylvania, I became a nurse and I worked at a pediatric office, thought I would love it. Cause you know, kids, babies, that's my jam. And I turned out to be the bad guy. I had to give shots and hold babies down for procedures, and I didn't like it. So um, when we moved down here to Charlotte, I was looking for something a little different. And I found newborn night nurse slash postpartum doula work. And I was like, yes, this is my dream job. Sign me up. So I started working with an agency and then kind of branched off on my own and worked with the agency at the same time. And so I have a two-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son, and it's been kind of rough with this pandemic and, you know, having to have both of them home at the same time and trying to occupy one and teach the other one school. So that, that's been fun, to say the least. But yeah, other than that, like outside of working, I just, I love the outdoors and we just bought a house. So we've been doing projects around there and just keeping busy for sure. We have yet to explore the Charlotte surrounding areas, but I'm anxious to do so within the upcoming year. Yeah. How long have you guys been in Charlotte? We moved to Concord in 2019. um, And we're right outside of that 
since April of last year. Okay. So about two years ago, we're coming up. No, we just passed two years. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Charlotte yeah. is, it's a great city, but it, it, it takes time to explore. We've been here since 2018 and I feel like I just finally like don't have to use my GPS all day, every day, but that yeah. comes with, with living in a city, I guess, you know? Yeah. And we live outside of the city. So I travel about an hour each way for work. Like I go to South Charlotte. I go to, I've had uh, like Norman area, Cornelius, Huntersville. So I'm literally going all over the place. So I'm always using my GPS, but it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't need it for half my ride now. Like I know where I'm going. Yeah. So it is, it's so nice around here. So how did you become passionate about this line of work? Like being a night nurse and a postpartum doula? Ever since I was little, people are, were like, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? And it was always, I want to be a baby nurse. I want to be um, a NICU nurse, a midwife, an obstetrician, gynecologist, everything and anything within that line of work. Um, so that was always my mindset and always my goal. And I went to nursing school in 2017 for my LPN. And coming out of that, I worked at a pediatric office and I knew it still wasn't right for me. Like that's not my end goal. And like I said, we then moved down here and I found Queen City Newborn Care, which is the agency that I've worked through. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Like I want to help moms postpartum, like because you postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, they're you know, everything's so overwhelming and they come on strong and quickly sometimes. Um, so I'm there to help with that and kind of see if, if we need to have any outlet and talk about those things or half the time when I'm there, like it helps just having someone to talk to. Um, and we don't need, you know, to bring it up later with our physician or anything. As a new mom, I was a very young new mom. I was 21 when I had my first baby and I had no idea what I was doing. And I just knew I loved babies, but then I became a mom and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. So um, I think just reverting back to how I was and being in these mom's shoes, being in these parents' shoes of not really knowing what to do, it just like fulfilled my passion of this is where I belong. Like this is my calling. And I really just, I want to help as much as I can help the new baby sleep better, feel better. Cause my son, when I had him at 21, he also had colic, which was a nightmare in itself. He was constantly screaming. We were breastfeeding, but his belly and my milk, they were clashing. They weren't um, getting along very well. So we switched to formula at three months and he was a perfect baby since then. But being in those shoes of, I don't know what I'm doing. And the fact that you know, everything's brand new, mom's learning, baby's learning, dad's learning. Sometimes I have grandparents there and uh, things are much different than they were when they had babies. So all of that coming together and helping is like what drove me to just like keep wanting to do this. It honestly feels like I'm not going to work. Like I, I have worked seven days a week now for the past four months. So I'm like constantly working um, because I just love it. I, I love helping. I hate having parents feel like, you know, they're not ready to do this on their own. And I just want to make sure they know that I'm there. Like I'm constantly texting clients or they can call me. I've sent videos of 
different things of how I helped settle their baby down. So I've sent videos to them saying, this is what I did with him last night. Hopefully this helps you. And like mom will text me back and be like, oh my goodness, that worked wonders. And so, yeah, it's just the feedback from what I do. And also like, I just feel like this is my passion. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. I think that and I've said this on a couple other podcasts before, whenever things like this get brought up of like the post period time, I feel like in America, well, it's not even, I feel like I know that in America, that's like a huge miss that we have right now in our, in just our culture in general, like, you know, coming up to the end of pregnancy, you're seeing every single week, people are constantly checking in on you. You have, you know, doctor's appointments, ultrasounds, whatever it may be. And then you have your baby, you are in the hospital with 24 seven nursing care for a few days. And then it's like, we kick you to the curb and we're like, cool. See you in six weeks. People, people don't, I mean, I have patients all the time leaving the hospital and they're like, I, are you sure you want to send me home with this baby? And I'm like, yes, yes, you know, you, you can do this, but it really is. It's a huge gap in, in the medical care system in general, because there's no, there's just no designated person or like, there's no designated professional to guide and care for, you know, even not even new parents, but just like parents in general in that immediate postpartum period. And that's where I think a postpartum doula can be so, so helpful because like I said, we kind of kick you to the curb after seeing you so much and see you once at six weeks and just hope everything goes good in the meantime. So yeah, I definitely, I think it's an extremely important thing. I think that, I mean, I, I don't know much about postpartum doula work, but I know a good amount about birth doula work. And I think that just, I think postpartum doula work is such an important thing and I don't know. I just think it's an invaluable thing. If you can, especially if you can afford to do it, it really can be invaluable. Absolutely. Especially, um, I hate that gap of six weeks because not only did you just have a baby and everything hurts, your boobs hurt, your vagina hurts, your C-section, um, incision hurts, like everything is so new. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, I stand out of the postpartum doula work is because I'm like, talk to me, what do your blood clots look like? What's your incision look like? How do your breasts feel? Um, I can tell if you have an infection and or if we should talk to your doctor about different things, call them with any concerns that they have. Um, I can tell you what size clots you should have versus other people who aren't quite sure of that. Like I know birth doulas can because they are there within labor and delivery, but um, just being a nurse and having that extra, like how is your tearing and, you know, have you pooped because we love poop. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, not just for baby, but for mom too. Um, another thing that like parents have asked me, it's far and few between just because, you know, you have to have that right connection, but I'm like, you know, they're like, well, can I have sex with my partner? And I'm like, I'm not quite yet. Like, but this, this is the type of things that we want to talk about. Like if you, if you feel like you need to talk to me about those things, I'm there for that. Um, and I think people are comforted because I am a nurse and know like medical background, um, even not just so for their baby, but for themselves as well. Um, I've have seen everything. So a lot of moms find comfort in knowing they can talk to me and come to me with any of that stuff. But yeah, I hate the six, the six week gap because your body's going through all of these changes and you don't know what's right or not right. And I wish they could squeeze you in like they do babies one week, two week postpartum, um, four week postpartum, and then six week postpartum. Yeah. Just because I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. 
yeah. So I just, I love every aspect of this line of work, you know, everything from helping mom with the nitty gritty to just, you know, doing the daily thing, like helping her get ready for the next day and getting into the morning without worrying about doing all the bottles and prepping all the milk, whether it be breast milk or formula or whatever, however she's feeding her baby. I think it really helps them feel prepared going into the next day. Like, okay, I can got, uh, like, I can do this. I got this until, you know, she's here next time. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention even after that six week appointment, like you're done. So you have like one, one hour appointment at six weeks and like you're, then you're totally done. And it's just hard because, you know, OBs care for pregnancy and they're also surgeons who do gynecological procedures and they just don't, I think the assumption is like, well, they're not pregnant anymore. They don't have any OB issues. So we shouldn't be the ones responsible. So there's just nobody responsible. I feel like for that time period. And it, like you even said, it's such a learning curve because this is a whole new world for mom and obviously for baby too. And it's just a learning curve. There's so many questions and you just really do need somebody reliable that you can go to during that time. Yes. So tell me about what typical care looks like, or even just tell me like, what a postpartum doula slash night nurse is, and then what you do in each of those roles, what you offer to clients. Sure. Postpartum doula and night nurse care are some postpartum doulas come during the day. um, But since I'm a night nurse, I come at night and um, I help get baby established on like a bedtime routine. I help you feed baby, whether it's bottle feed, breastfeed, um, supplement, Uh, So I can help establish breastfeeding, you know, babies can go anywhere from two to four hours between feeds and it just depends on the baby, but some babies come out and they have a schedule like 11 to five. So we just kind of figure out what baby likes and what baby needs. And um, we all kind of learn together, but I'm there is like, Hey, try this, or this might work a little better. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We're all going to learn your baby together. And it's just nice having someone there that like can give those extra, well, here, I've, I've learned that if you do it this way, it, the outcome might be a little better than if we do it this way. Like he seems to not like, not like this as much. So, but I'm, I'm not one to tell you how to parent. Like I don't come in saying, this is what you need to do. I'm just there as an extra resource. I want you to do it. I want to, you know, I want you to be hands-on. I want you to tell me how you're feeling, anything like that. But I'm there for that extra, like, that's a great idea. Or, well, what, what about this way? And, you know, if, like I said, if that doesn't work, that's okay. It doesn't have to, um, we'll find something that does. I kind of say like, I become part of the family. Like I love just being there and seeing how your day went, you know, how you're feeling. Did baby do something different today that you, you're questioning? So when I first come in at night, we kind of just go over how their day, their day went with baby, like the baby spit up a little more with baby awake and screaming all day? Was baby sleeping all day? You know, is there anything that concerns the parents? And we go over all of that stuff. Now with mom's breastfeeding, then she'll go to bed. And when baby is ready to eat, I'll get baby unswaddled or babies because I have a lot of twins, multiples, get them ready to eat. And I change their diaper and I get everything set up for mom. So water, snack if she needs it or wants it, a nipple shield, any of the balms that she's using on her nipples, uh, haka if she'd like that for her other side. Like I just get a whole everything that she's needs and it wants ready for her um, 
a boppy to put under baby. We do that, I do that, and then I'll either text mom and say, hey, you know, baby's up to eat, or I will go get her. Sometimes I bring baby to mom, but a lot of times moms like to come out of the room because dad's still trying to sleep. So for a while, I'll sit there with mom while she's breastfeeding and we can troubleshoot any latching problems she's having, um, any questions she has. I'll look for like tongue ties, lip ties, anything like that, that might prevent baby from eating as well as they could and bringing in gas. And then I just kind of let her figure it out and let baby figure it out, but be there to assist them if they need need it. Um, and find different ways that baby might like to latch, whether that be, you know, horizontal or like a football hold, anything like that. So then we'll usually sit there and chat about honestly anything. It could be anything baby related, just, you know, how was your day today? How are you feeling? Literally, I've had discussions about everything while mom, just to keep her awake and keep her, you know, from not falling asleep with baby at the breast is my main goal while she's breastfeeding. And then mom will burp baby and switch baby. And then at the end, mom will go back to bed and I'll take baby, I'll burp baby, swaddle baby back up and put them back down for sleep. Um, that way that cuts out what a whole 20 so minutes that mom can be back to sleep. So my optimal goal is to get like the parents as much rest as possible and to get them to feel refreshed in the morning. Now, if mom is exclusively pumping or just pumping at night so she can get more sleep, I've had moms where they breastfeed during the day but pump at night while I'm there just so that they can, you know, get an hour and a half more sleep than they would if uh, they were just breastfeeding. But so she'll pump and she'll either leave the milk for me on the counter and then I'll feed baby or, you know, I'll make the milk that she had pumped earlier from in the fridge and then... I usually unswaddle baby, change baby, feed baby, burp baby, and then put them back down to sleep. Now, sometimes, you know, if I have a gassy baby, I'll hold them up a little longer, about 20 minutes, so we don't have any spit up when I do lay them down. Um, but that way, mom can get, like, as much sleep and rest as she can. Dad doesn't have to really get involved just because I'm there and she doesn't need that extra hand if she's trying to pump and feed baby at the same time. Now, if you're formula feeding strictly, like you both get a great eight to nine hours of sleep while I'm there because I just take over everything you would do at night. And a lot of parents enjoy that because, I mean, you're exhausted all the time after you have a baby, especially if you're up at night. So they're like, oh, thank goodness, Miss Taylor's here. We're going to sleep. And so they just go to bed. I encourage my parents to come in if they wake up and they want to check on their babies. Like I'm, I usually lay down when babies are sleeping and quiet. So I said, even if I'm laying down resting, like come in, tap me on the foot and be like, Hey, how are my babies doing? Or how is my baby doing? And we'll, you know, we'll chat and I'll let you know, like you can hold them, you can, you know, comfort them, give them love too. Just because I'm there, it doesn't mean I don't want you to be involved in what we're doing. Like I'm completely open and up for you to come in and just see how everything's going, even if you don't have to. Um, and I have had some parents who like come in and like talk to me. Some dads will come in at four in the morning and be like, how are you go How are you doing? How's my baby? Just because it's scary having someone you don't really know in your house, like with your most prized possession, in the middle of the night. So I do encourage like any, if, you know, even if grandma's there and wants to come in to see how it's going, I never, never say no. 
Now, when baby is sleeping and everything's going really well, I'll do their baby laundry. I'll wash bottles, um, tidy up the nursery. Sometimes I even, um, if, so if say a baby, I've had a lot of premature babies. So if mom completely wasn't ready for them, um, I'll actually put the nursery away for her and I'll organize everything. There's been times where uh, parents didn't really have many clothes for the baby. So as they came through, you know, the mail, I would wash them and then I would organize them from newborn all the way up to 12 months, 18 months, whatever they had. Um, and I'd put them away in the closet or their dresser, make sure diapers were stocked, wipes were stocked, bottles are prepped, um, everything for the next day. That way, when they do wake up in the morning, they don't feel like they're pressured into doing anything, but spending time and snuggling their babies. So that's kind of what my night entails. I've had babies on uh, heart monitors and oxygen. So a lot of those, a lot of those nights are spent like just monitoring baby, making sure baby's doing okay. I've had babies with NG tubes. You know, I've had babies I've had to give medicine to every couple hours. So uh, just making sure all the boxes are checked in, just making sure my parents feel as safe as possible with me there. That's like my main goal. So a couple questions. One of them I was going to ask yeah. you what you do in the meantime while baby sleeps, but you kind of answered that. You, you Sorry. Know, <laughs> for the next day. Honestly, the whole time you're talking, I'm like, it sounds like Christmas. Like you go to bed, there's nothing under the tree. And then you wake up and everything's just magically like <laughs> yes. done and it's there. And literally like, as you're talking, I'm like, wow, like being pregnant and being doing so I'm like, how nice would it be to go to bed every night and wake up yes. and like the laundry's done, you know, like my baby's been fed all night. Like it, yes. honestly, it sounds like such a dream. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, I honestly wish like everybody could have someone who does this for them. Like everyone have a me because it's just a short term time too. Like Seriously, yeah. I wish everybody could because it's, you know, and you probably in the beginning weeks, it's probably when it's the most important. So to have somebody even just for like the first three weeks doing this for you, maybe we should just yes. start offering it like to each other for. I know. Three. Well, and that's what, I, so it really, you know, looking at price wise, like when you first hear it, you're like, oh my goodness, like, oh, wow. So it comes with a price, but it's, it's doable if you plan ahead. So you're pregnant for nine months until you find out it might be eight months, but you're pregnant for like, it is doable. If you, you know, save up a little each month, or I even tell parents, like put it on your registry that you need a newborn night nurse or something, a postpartum doula and have people pay for me, like have people buy me because it's such a big help, um, with everything. Like, I also have like a, um, a whole hospital list bag that I'll, I send out to my clients and recommendations on what they should put on their registry. Cause a lot of my first time parents have no idea. They're like, what's a Haka or like, what's, what's this? And I'm like, and I, I post Amazon links and pictures or um, I post Google links and say, you know, this is what I recommend, like the perineal pads and all of these different things that I have just learned over the last couple of years where I'm like, these really come in handy. There's some perineal pads that are both disposable and non-disposable. And the non-disposable ones are awesome for not only your perineal area, but incision, like C-section incision, your nipples. Like people don't tell you how hard breastfeeding is and how much it hurts, but those pads, those ice are just like miracle workers. They, you put them on there and it's just like, 
such a relief. It's like when you have sunburn and you put aloe on and you're like, oh, that's, that's better. That's kind of like what I say to my clients is these are the little things that I've learned that you might not know even exist. Like right. if you, unless you have someone there telling them. Yeah. And it's all from experience. It's almost like you're hiring like a mom mentor in a way who also like kind you know, of and helps you throughout the night to get some sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is just like that. Like somebody to learn from who's experiences, who's dealt with tons of babies. And I'm sure honestly, like even how you said it, it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a more costly service. Like when you first hear the numbers, you might be like, ah, but if you think about it, like you might be able to help them out with things. So like now they might not need a lactation consultant. Now they might need to book an extra pediatrician appointment because they thought their baby was colicky, but you had a quick fix for it. You know, yeah. I'm sure that it, you can save so much having, you know, one good person as a resource to help you out and to teach you things that probably is saving you from buying products you don't need, things you don't need, spending money on appointments you don't need, you know. Absolutely. I even parents don't know that they can exchange diapers at retail stores for the next size up. So instead of just buying like all these new diapers, you save money just by going in and switching them out with the next size. And they're like, I didn't even know this. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, Yes. So, and that's like, I just, I offer all of this. um, And I don't stop with just like clocking out in the morning saying, Oh, see you later. Like text me. If you need me, call me, if you need me Um, video chat, like if, if baby's breathing weird, like I've had moms send me videos saying, is he breathing weird? And I'm like, he's breathing a little fast. And that's one thing like I also know as a nurse because I am there and I can do like respiration counts and I've brought my stethoscope and I've uh, done heartbeat um, count heartbeats because mom was kind of concerned like his heartbeat's a little fast. I also give a lot of just reassurance and calmness to parents who have no idea. Like they're like, wow, they're breathing so fast. I'm like, well, babies breathe faster in general, but you know, yeah, he actually is breathing a little fast. Maybe we should get that checked out from the pediatrician. I had a client not long ago who thought she had, um, the one baby had a bruise on her bottom. And I'm like, well, what's, what's this bruise look like? And she's like, I don't know. It's like little, but it's like a bluish and it's like a gray. And I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at it, but I don't think it's a bruise. Um, babies are pretty durable. And if you have not done anything to cause a bruise, um, probably something called a Mongolian spot. And she's like, a what? (laughs) And the nutrition appointment. Yes. And dad's like, is it because I eat Mongolian chicken? And I'm like, no, (laughs) this is, this is something babies can get and it's okay. Um, just, and I reassure them like, okay, that's what it looks like, but bring it up with your pediatrician. Like I'm there, like I, I can't diagnose anything and I can't tell you what it is or what it isn't, but it's something that I can keep on alert. And then I will tell you to rec- bring it up to your pediatrician or make a pediatrician appointment because uh, I think it's a concern or something that needs to be looked at or something like that. So I've found a lot of people enjoy that I'm a nurse because of just the fact that like, okay, I have a nurse watching over my baby at night. So my baby's going to be okay. So do people typically hire you like seven days a week? Um, What does that typically look like? Like, as in how many days a week, how long, I guess, you know, and then also like, what hours are you normally there through the night? Like, are you getting there at, you know, 5 p.m. or 8 p.m. or what does that look like? Yeah. So really it's just a parent's preference. Um, I've had, I've worked with a family for five days a week for five months. And that was, they had twins and it was just because 
they they wanted the help. They they didn't know much about babies and they just wanted to soak in all the knowledge that they could. A lot of my clients book me for three nights a week. So like um, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, kind of split up the week. Um, and I typically work nine to six or 10 to seven, but I'm really flexible. And I tell my clients that like, if 9.30 to 6.30 works, fine. That is honestly, you know, I want to work around you. I try to do like the later shifts into the later morning shift, just because babies typically don't go to bed until like 9, 10 anyway, as a newborn. So it's nice. Like when I get there, they're just going down for bed or I'll just be giving them their bottle. And that way, parents get a little extra sleep in the morning as well. Like they can wake up at seven instead of, you know, eight to five or something where it still feels like they're kind of getting up in the middle of the night. But yeah, so my typical shifts are nine to nine to six or 10 to seven, but I actually have a contract coming up that's going to be like a 12 hour shift. So like eight to eight or nine to nine. And I asked her, I was like, you know, it's uncommon to do 12 hours. Why 12 hours? And she was like, well, I just, I heard from somebody else, it's nice to actually like fully wake up in the morning and like kind of get the ball rolling instead of just like feeling like you're being handed this baby and then you're just dipping out or, you know, it's like, it's, they have time to collect their thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that makes total sense. And I'm like, you know, maybe I can offer that to my clients in the future say, Hey, like I can do 12 hour shifts as well. So yeah, because people, another question people usually have is, well, when do you sleep? <laughs> like, That's what I was going to ask you. Home, yeah, when I come home, um, I usually have our sitter here and she helps my son with school because we're going virtual school at the moment and she watches my daughter and I, I go to bed because sometimes I, I rest a bit. Like I've had babies who sleep all night and I only wake up once. So I actually do get a couple hours of sleep while I'm there. But usually I'm up all night and uh, some babies don't let me rest at all. So I usually have to come home and I sleep for like, six or seven hours. And then I get up and hang out with my babies. But yeah, that's usually my tip. Typically it's three days for parents to take me on, but it is, it's just a preference on what kind of help they want. I've had parents reach out and they're like, listen, our baby sleeps really well, but we do want a break. Can you come for like a night? And I'm like, sure. Like, you know, whatever, whatever will help you. I'll do it. Cause that's what I'm there for. So then with, when you get more medically fragile babies, is that where you were kind of talking? Like you'll have some babies with NG tubes or have to wear like, you know, uh, some type of monitor, whether it be oxygen, heart, whatever. Yeah. Yep. I don't usually get like trach babies, um, but NG tubes, babies that need medicine throughout the night, babies that have oxygen or heart monitors. I've had a lot of acid reflux babies. So babies that'll spit up and it'll come out their nose and their mouth and like they're not quite sure what's going on. So they like forget to breathe and I like pick them up, suction them out and get them back to calm level because then they're like screaming bloody murder saying, oh my goodness, what was that? So I've had a lot of acid reflux babies. I've had a lot of babies that I recommend, you know, talking to a GI just because they have GERD and they're super uncomfortable. And yes, babies are gassy, but some are a little worse than others. And So I say, you know, maybe we should talk to someone about this because nobody's going to get sleep. They're really uncomfortable. They won't sleep unless they're being held or in an upright position. And that's not safe for baby or mom. Um, So those are the types of cases that I get where 
I recommend like a GI, you know, don't just talk to your pediatrician, but maybe go to a specialist and see what they have to say, get a second opinion. And then you said you do some like during the day also? Not usually. Um, You can hire postpartum doulas during the day um, and they kind of come and they will help you again, troubleshoot like breastfeeding, take, help you take care of baby, do baby laundry, you know, let you, you nap, but sometimes postpartum doulas during the day will also cook you like cook meals, meal prep and stuff. Um, But I just focus more so on nighttime mainly. Now, if I have clients who their baby started sleeping, I have had a client where baby was sleeping through the night in two weeks and they hired me for like eight weeks. So I had so much time to make up where I like came on date nights or date days. And I was like, you know, you already paid for me. So I feel bad not making up these hours. So I've had times where I've gone to people's homes and just kind of help them throughout the day as well. And like I said, I'm really flexible. So if that's easier, um, and if that's where someone needs help, I'm more than willing to do it. It's just one of those like case by case basis, you know, if they want to reach out and ask me things like that, um, then we can figure it out. And as long as I don't have a lot of nighttime clients, then I'm willing to do that as well. Yeah. I'm sure it's pretty hard to like, I mean, I can even tell you from working night shift at the hospital where like, you know, at least like being a postpartum, I know you said you're awake most of the time, you're up most of the night, but like, it's probably much more relaxing. Whereas like being yeah. a labor and delivery nurse on night shift, it's like you hit the ground with your feet running and there is no stopping until 7am. Yeah. Yeah. Which was hard, like going from trying to be like a normal person on my days off. And so I can imagine taking daytime and nighttime clients would just be like kind of an impossible thing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's, I'm doing either, or I'm not usually going from like a day shift to a night or a night shift to a day shift. And even on my days, like today I had off because last night I had off. So I'm usually like napping with my daughter just so I'm like alert and awake and ready for my shift tonight. So it is like, it's one of those things that kind of finagle and I'm like, what's sleep? What's, what is sleep anymore? Um, But then when I do sleep, I like, I sleep hard because <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to find, oh, yeah. you know, time to take care of yourself. And that's one thing, like, you know, I love doing what I do, but I'm like, I don't know if this is my end goal. Like I, I still want to do the labor and delivery and or postpartum care in the hospital, but it's something I can take with me. So whether I end up in the hospital or end up like doing my own, you know, my own business and taking night nurses on underneath me, it's something where I can say, Hey, you know, here's my card if you need me. Um, though I work three days a week or whatever, you know, you know, we'll set something up on my nights off. And even though I always wanted to do postpartum and labor and delivery, NICU postpartum work in a hospital, I'm like, this is a great thing to carry over into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you ever decided to come on the hospital side, you definitely would have a lot of experience that that even, even you wouldn't really get in the hospital because you're dealing with babies for weeks, you know, whereas more so especially in delivery, we get them for not long at all. Even postpartum, you get them for maybe two days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's how we even met is I, I asked you if this was a thing like you recommend in the hospital and you're like, what do you do? I was like, a what? I know what a doula is. Well, and that's also why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I definitely feel like people don't even know that this is a thing. Like they have no idea that it's even an option to have somebody come. I mean, people are so overwhelmed at the thought of taking a baby home and the exhaustion. And that's, it, people just don't know that it's an option to have somebody as a postpartum doula come to your house and help you help your baby, watch the baby while you get some sleep a few nights a week. And 
yeah, I, when you messed up, I was like, I, I truly don't even know what that entails. I had no idea yeah. what a night nurse really necessarily even was. So I was excited to have you on and honestly learn about it. And like I said, it sounds amazing. Like it literally sounds like magic. Like you go to bed and you wake up and like things are just done and somebody else is just taking care of things and it really helped you out. Yeah. So many people are like, what do you do? You do what? That's a thing. You, you can come to my house because well, when I'm like, send oh. them this. yes. When I'm like, I'm a, I'm a night, I'm a newborn night nurse. And they're like, oh, that's great. You help in the hospital. I'm like, no, I actually help families transition home from the hospital. And I help them, you know, figure out their new way of life and what, what it means to bring home a baby. And, you know, I always say babies show off in the hospital. They sleep all the time. They don't really, you know, do much. And then when you come home, they're like, wow, what's this place? Let's stay up all night and see what it's like. And it's completely different when you bring a baby home. Um, so, and I, it is more of an up and coming thing. I'm from a little town in Pennsylvania. And when I was moving down here, people were like, you got a job doing what? And they're like, is that even like, what? <laughs> like, I wish I would have known when I had a baby. And I'm like, I know. But Charlotte, because Charlotte is so big, I feel like it's more uh, available here. But people still don't know about it. Like, there's so many people that are like, I didn't even know you existed. I didn't know you were out there. I'm so glad I know now. And I'll keep you in the back of my head for whether I have another one or my friends or family or whatever. Um, and that's where I do say, like, you know, it's one thing you can put on your registry, your shower gift a bunch of people come together for big items like strollers and cribs. So why not come together for a night nurse or postpartum doula? Right. I think that's a really good idea. And I didn't even think about that until you said it, because you can like, I'm pretty sure you can like make categories where people can just like donate, like, you know, let's say they were going to spend hundred bucks at your shower. They can just put that into like that fund for yes. whatever you want, like a night nurse. Like yeah. That. That's really, that's a genius idea. Yeah, just like when you go to a wedding and you're like, I don't know what to get them. So you gift them money to their honeymoon. Like, it's kind of like the same thing. It's it's like a little vacation away. Even if it's just for eight hours, you get eight hours of sleep and yes. um, you know your baby is well taken care of. Even car seat safety. Like, a lot of people don't know exactly how to put a baby in a car seat safely. Like, I see it's super loose or they're... Um, their chest guard down by their belly button. So a lot of times I'm like, do you, do you want to go over this? <laughs> like, because I've worked with families that I see them put their babies in their car seat and I'm like, can I show you something? <laughs> and I'll, I'll go and they're like, I didn't even know that. There's just so much, like I, everything from postpartum to baby to beyond, honestly, I still have clients that I worked with two years ago that reach out, you know, whether it's with questions or sending me pictures of their kids saying, you know, this is how my baby's doing. And it's just great to see their babies grow up. And like I said, I just become part of the family and I get invited to birthday parties and I get, you know, uh, grandparents stay up to meet me. They're like, so you're the infamous night nurse that they talk about. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And honestly, like, uh, you know, they, they help me through hard times as much as I help them through hard times. And um, some of my clients, like they become friends and, you know, we gift each other things and they're sending me Christmas cards in the mail. And just, I don't know, it, it is, it's, it's one of those things where I help you in your most vulnerable time. And that's why I'm so like flexible and willing to be there for you because it's something we all do, but it's not always necessarily intuitive. It's not like an, in, like you instinctive, I guess that is a better word where, 
you know, you think you can, you think breastfeeding is going to come naturally. And really it's like you jump on the struggle bus until, you know, baby latches and you figure it out and you're like, is baby actively eating? Is baby just pacifying? So we just, yeah, we go over everything and um, I love breastfeeding. I'll tell you all the different tips and tricks about breast milk and the amazing qualities it has, but I, I'm not a pusher. I don't push breast milk. I don't push, um, you know, anything because if it's not for you, then it's not for you. And I'm not going to say like, well, you really should. No, like it isn't for everybody. It's not for every baby. Um, like I said, my son was colicky. Um, so we switched at three months, but my daughter, we were like nine months strong and then she bit me. And I think we were both done at that point. <laughs> but I say like, fed is best. As long as your baby is fed, right. then, you know, we're, we're looking up. So. Well, you're making me want to hire a, <laughs> a night nurse. So I'm like, I'm literally fantasizing what my life would be like. Not that I'm like, you know, I'm not stressed out about bringing a newborn home. Like thankfully, you know, and I know you can have all the knowledge in the world and, you know, I do this every day. I teach these things every day, but the minute I take my own baby home, I'm sure it will be extremely difficult and I'm sure I will struggle a lot, but I'm like, yeah, it would just be like, so, so nice. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's, it, it, it is nice. Okay. (laughs) I'm not gonna, not gonna lie, but it's one of those things where, you know, put, you know, every paycheck, put like a couple bucks aside or ask, ask friends and family. And it really is doable. It, it, it might seem like a lot upfront, like, but when in the grand scheme of things, we're giving you a peace of mind and some sanity back in the chaos and, you know, just trying to figure everything out. So it is so worth the money. And I hear that all the time is like, you're so worth it. Like you're worth, you know, whether it's an investment because you have me for five days, five months, like five nights a week for five months, or if it's just like typical time is usually four to six weeks, but a lot of people will even do like eight to 12 weeks. So it really is just their preference on, and I know you had asked me like, how long do you usually stay for? Um, and yeah, it's usually, I'll, I'll say six to eight weeks is the sweet spot. Okay. Gotcha. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less, just depends on baby and how they're doing. But um, yeah, it's doable. It is. Yes. But it, I know it's, it's, it's hard to look at when like, you're like, Oh, I'm about to have this baby and I could really use some help. And then you try to hire help and you're like, Whoa, Hey mom, can, can, can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's one thing um, I also say to my parents, cause they're, you know, their parents come in or they have like people t- trying to like help them when really it, it's not help because um, parents, like parents can be overbearing and say, well, this is how you should do this. And this is how I did this. And decades ago. (laughs) Yes. And so I try to tell my mom's like, listen, this is your time. If you don't want visitors, tell people don't, don't come. I'm not ready. If you want visitors, tell them to bring food, bring dinner, bring lunch, you know, stop at the store for X, Y, Z. Because when people ask, like, if they can help, they really do want to help because they've been here. And that's what I say. I'm like, you know, if you, if your mom's not actually helping, though she thinks she's helping, um, just say, hey, mom, like, can, can I try to do this? Like, you know, do it, do it in a way where you're not going to fight about it. But like, that's one thing. If you do hire a postpartum doula or night nurse, like you can say, well, you know, we have a professional here that lets us, you know, that tells us how, how some things can be done. And I trust her 
opinion and professional advice. So um, it, it kind of takes the pressure off of listening to to moms and parents solicit advice where, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily wanted. Yes. That's one thing I love about, this sounds so bad, but about the COVID like hospital restrictions of not having a bunch of extra visitors is because even like postpartum, you know, grandma would be trying to help her latch and all this stuff, but it's like, you know, no offense, grandma, you've been breastfed in like 30 years <laughs> yeah. um, and they're trying to help her latch. And I just, I'm like, just wait, I'm just waiting for my turn, you know? Yeah. Every day. And I'm like, here, I'm here to help you. And so I, I can yeah. relate definitely to like what you're saying about, about all of that, about the kind of unsolicited advice. And I know it's out of a place of love and warmth and all they want to do is help and be involved. And they just want to, you know, teach you something new. And it's, it's so much out of a place of love, but sometimes when you're exhausted and a new mom, you're like, I just need this to end. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's where I say, you know, if, if parents come, let them do the dishes, let them do the laundry, let your friends vacuum your floor. I know they want to hold the baby, but this is your time to bond with your baby you know, skin to skin, let dad do skin to skin. And we just teach them all like some people don't even know what skin to skin is. And they're like, what? <laughs> and so we teach them all about that. And, um, that you know, me. just, I know it will and all the benefits of it, because I'll, I'll honestly ask moms, I'm like, so have you done skin to skin? They're like, well, yeah, in the hospital. And I'm like, no, come home, do skin to skin, you know, it might feel uncomfortable to have your shirt off and just lay in there, but put a bathrobe on, lay your baby on your chest and just like have your bathrobe and cover up and just you know a lot of actually one of the things that I do run into a lot is parents don't understand the rule of thumb is whatever you're wearing to bed plus a layer for the baby um, I've come in and babies are in like fleece hoodies and fleece swaddle and a blanket and a hat. And I'm like, you're going to overheat this baby. So I'm like ripping all these things off this baby. And I'm like, this is super dangerous. So then I have to tell them like the rule of thumb. And they're like, well, you know, we were told to put a hat on the baby. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't want the baby sleeping with a hat because it could come down over their face. And a lot of parents don't know that they just do it like some people in the hospital tell them to do and they think they should run with it. And I'm like, things change like throughout, you know, there's different stages of even just their short little life. Like at four months, you don't want to use a swaddle anymore. So I, I kind of just give parents that next step and that next advice of, you know, overheating a baby is really dangerous and really easy to do. And please do not put your baby to sleep with a hat on because it could go over their face and that's not good either. So I usually um, tell people at discharge, like not even to put a hat on the baby at home. Like I'm, I always just say like, you know, you can, if you want to put them in a hat or if you feel like the house is chilly or you're going outside, but in the hospital, they wear hats 24 seven. So going home, yeah. that's what they assume. And I always say that I'm going to just share teaching that baby does not have to wear his or her hat at home. Yeah. Yeah. And we say like, um, keep the temperature between 68 and 72 degrees. Cause some people think they're going to overheat babies. So they like drop the temperature and then baby's freezing. Baby's not sleeping because it's cold or it's just way too hot in there. Um, just that's another thing that we, you just don't know when it's your first time. Exactly. I mean, there are so many things I've even learned through doing this, through trainings, through um, continuing education, where I'm like, why didn't I think about that? Yeah. Um, I teach a lot of safe sleep and, you know, ways to prevent SIDS and um, people still bring up nipple confusion versus like passy versus breasts. And I'm like, 
they know what they're getting milk from and what they're not getting milk from. Um, and actually passies can reduce the risk of SIDS, um, keep a fan on low, you know, the humidifier, because people are like, why, are, why is my baby congested? Is it sick? And I'm like, no, there's just, you know, if they have spit up all of their sinuses and everything so close together. Um, so really like even things that I, things just come up and I'm like, oh, I should tell you this. Um, so it's not even necessarily like, um, you know, I, I lay it out for everyone. It, it's by like a case by case, family by family basis. I help them with everything under the sun and learning all about their baby, whether, you know, it's something that they ask me or I'm like, hey, you know, did you know? And they're like, wow, that's so cool. Uh, I never knew that. Even if I have a mom who's on her fourth baby and I just taught her something the other day and she's like, I didn't even know that with my other two. Um, and I was like, yeah, isn't that cool? Like, wow, <laughs> it is. It's, it's so, it's just, I don't know. Get one of me because it's great. <laughs> like, it, it really is. Well, thank okay. you for coming on the podcast. And will you tell my listeners where they can find you, whether it's like Instagram, Facebook, website, wherever is the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, first of all. And if you want to get in contact, um, you can find me at Taylor Folk, F-O-C-H-T on Facebook and on Instagram, you can find me at night nurse period Taylor. And then you can always email me at the same thing, night nurse period Taylor at gmail.com, but message me on Facebook. You can DM me on Instagram, email me, reach out. And even if it's just questions, I love answering questions and anything, anything you have. If, if you want my hospital list, be like, Hey, what can I bring to the hospital? I have a list for you, baby dad, and just, you know, get in, get in touch. Cause I, I love what I do and I'm here. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for That's taking it. time to tell me about what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of what the bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at what the bump CLT. Check out our website, what the bump Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.